Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running a record label. And today we have another Industry Insider episode. This is These Industry Insider episodes are, are, are some of our most popular episodes. And today we're talking about digital advertising. I have my friend Adam, who, who I've been working with uh, for the past probably 10 or 15 years. And Adam runs a company called Altier Research. And he has just recently got into digital advertising. He started out as a publicist, and now he's diving headfirst into digital advertising. And we talk so much about what that means for independent artists and for record labels. And, and that's what I love about these Industry Insider episodes is that that allows us to dive into a micro niche or a super specific topic of running an independent record label, something that we kind of need to know a little bit about, but we don't have time to fully dive in or to learn. And so. I hope that these episodes can kind of scratch the surface. And over the past four years, we've gone through topics like uh, playlisting and lathe cutting. I mean, lathe cutting, it's like, that's we're starting to hear more about that. So I'd like to learn a little bit about that, how I can make that work as an independent record label. And last year we had on, we talked about college radio. And college radio is something that we're all vaguely familiar with. And do I need to know about it? And and how much does it cost for me to get involved with that and to pitch? And so that's what I love about these type of episodes. It allows us to kind of just scratch the surface on a topic that we've heard about and maybe intimidates us. Uh, and, and we just try to get a little bit of information in this half hour, 45 minute conversation. So another thing that um, I've done is I've put together a directory of the people, a lot of the people that we've had on this Industry Insider program, the series, um, these are different service providers, people like our royalty accounting friends and our bio writing friends and our digital advertising friends and mastering engineers and people that serve record labels in various different aspects in some very specialized fields. And so I'm collecting a group of uh, vendors that I know and that I admire uh, and that I've worked with in the past or friends in our community have worked with in the past and we're, we're compiling it and keeping it all there as a resource for you at otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. And that's where you can find out about today's guest as well by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. I don't like digital advertising. It intimidates me. It feels like a waste of money. I have wasted money on it. That's why it feels that way. Yeah. My default position is I'm scared of it and I don't like it. Why should I like this concept? Should I like this idea of digital advertising or is it okay to be scared of it? I think it depends on your scenario and what, what you have. So how I was very similar to you mm. and I, I guess I could start there was in 2019, probably at the beginning of the year, if somebody said, hey, you're going to like really by the end of the year be obsessing about digital advertising, <laughs> I would have said, there's no chance. There's no way. I, I, I have no idea how that works. The, the back end of these, you know, Facebook and Google ads yeah. are insane. I, I just, I, that's not going to be for me. Like it's, yeah. it seems like, I'm not a tech guy, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and at the time, uh, you know, Auto Research, which is, is is my company that now I've been doing for 13 and a half years. And at that time, we had started doing some project management for some long-term clients. And when we were doing that, in certain cases, we had noticed people were using digital marketers. And there's lots of music digital marketers who have now 
converse with, or sometimes we're working their projects. And I think a lot of those people do an excellent job, but there, a lot of people were just hiring ad agencies and those people knew the back end of these systems incredibly well, Mm. but it didn't seem like they knew music all that well. When I would go in and see like, well, how are they setting up targets? Who are they targeting? And, and there didn't seem to be too much of a plan in terms of messaging around who these artists were and getting the right creatives. So it was one artist said, Hey, why don't you help us with this? Mm. Um, And we did it kind of as a case study quickly realized we know nothing about this back end. And uh, I ended up getting a consultant, Dan Black, uh, who runs his uh, Dan Black is, is uh, marketing is his company as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fantastic. His knowledge around, you know, everything digital ads is phenomenal. And he was able to basically walk myself and my team through all the landmines that you might find initially on on the Facebook backend. And I think my team then did an amazing job learning the Google side and we've looked into TikTok and Spotify and, and right. you know the whole whole thing now. Um, and and once we had the that sort of knowledge about how this was all working, uh, the biggest aspect seemed to be, okay, don't expect to run an ad and get a conversion the first time someone sees what you're doing. And if you go in and you you blindly put together an ad with that goal, with going to cold audiences, you're going to fail and you're going to waste a lot of money. The idea is that you have to uh, entice people enough. I'd like to say you take people from cold audiences to lukewarm audiences. And then those lukewarm people, you can hopefully turn into, yeah. you know, warm audiences. And, 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 and 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 hopefully real fans eventually, but that's a long process. And around 2020, when we were first doing this, and, and originally we were only going to do it for our project management clients, we thought, oh, we'll just do this. This will be a good thing to have knowledge about. And quickly we started running some of these ads. And at that time, you could be so. This is before the privacy laws changed yeah. with running ads on Facebook. You could see gains really fast. Um, really and. And for us, it was about at that point running long form videos, seeing how, you know, targeting the right audiences, turning off the the wrong audiences Mm -hmm. very quickly, Mm -hmm. using a lot of our own uh, initiative to find who who were going to be the right people and then finding people that watch videos 75, 95% of the way through building lookalikes. And that, that process was pretty simple. And we would get them to often give us a performance video. They seem to work better than music videos or abstract videos are, are the worst. Okay. Um, and I know that personally because I, <laughs> I, all my videos for my own project are, are very abstract and, and I'm not going to make anything else because of that. I'm a bad uh, client for digital. Advertising. So you mean like a, a tiny desk type of performance? Like, uh, those, those would be great. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at you right now, Scott, people can't see you, but your room that you're right. in your studio room would be fantastic. If you were just in there, performing straight to camera. Something for people to look at when they're not looking at the artist, basically. Yeah, yeah. very, un, uh, like, it, it very... Um, Lots of pictures of Phil Collins, style. you mean? Yes, Phil yes. Collins in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, I can see two Phil Collins. Yes. I'm sure more will appear as we're yeah. going on. <laughs> as we come on, hopefully. Um, 
Okay, so that's, oh, this is very interesting. And I want to just kind of talk to my audience for a second because I am learning this. And I know you're saying, ask this question, ask that question. We're going to get there because this is like, I'm very curious. And there's so much um, that we can kind of branch out from what you've already talked about. Um, But uh, talk to me about the various types of ads that that we're talking about because I go back my um my idiot brain thinks these Facebook ads that we used to pay for back in the day that was like essentially you would just enter the copy like you get one line of copy and you get a headline and then maybe an image and it would go in like the sidebar and you pay big bucks for that that's digital advertising for me or the Google keywords stuff. So talk to me about what type of ads you're creating. So now you're creating ads to be in feed ads. So when we're talking about using Facebook, we're using Facebook's backend and that gets you to Instagram as well. Okay. And you can run real ads, story ads, uh, post ads. You can run feed ads on Facebook um, as well, which are often the lowest cost is what you're you're going to find on Facebook. Okay. Um, I think it's, easiest to get people to engage with ads on that platform. Um, and you know, with Google, where we're running ads personally, we don't really get into some of the other Google AdWords stuff that used to be there. We're running YouTube ads. Mm. So we're running ads to bring, um, you know, uh, awareness around a video that often can lead to subscribers or people just, you know, views. Okay. So yeah. Um, with, so with YouTube, you can usually goose views fairly quickly, but what we, there's a bunch of techniques to both do that and have repeat kind of followers on, on that platform. So YouTube, you're talking about, would this normally be a pre-roll, like a skippable ad? Is that right? So you've got skippable in-stream. You've also got sidebar ads. You, yeah. you, you can spend more money where they're not skippable, of course. Okay. Um, usually we're trying to do a, a variety of combinations on YouTube. Okay. As some are l- lower cost mm-hmm. and and than others. Yeah. And, and, you know, ideally you want to keep your costs down sure. and, and that, that can just help your plays. And, and the optics of that can, can help you on the marketing front. If you have a video that has 10,000 views and you send that to somebody, they're not really thinking that maybe 9,500 of those came from an ad. Right. Um, right. And, and you can do that at a pretty low cost if you set a bunch of these parameters up and I'm not going to, I won't get into the parameters sure. today. Yeah, no, uh, no, 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 no. Because we'll we'll get in the weeds really quickly there. But um, uh, basically, with with all of these, you have to you have to set up the backends uh, in a, in a certain way to keep your costs as low as possible. And you know, especially with Facebook, you're wanting to build data for the future. And so mm-hmm. all the thing that I was talking about with the long form video, we still run video view ads, but we don't. We'll also usually be running in conjunction lots of other types of ads. Usually TikTok real style videos work extremely, extremely well. And what so, do those videos look like? They look like a TikTok or they look like Oh, so they're in like they're they're edited, they're funny, they're engaging. They can that kind be of, funny or yeah. they can be informative. A lot, okay. you know, a lot of musicians are using TikTok to in, in a in a quick um entertaining way okay inform people of what they're doing they don't necessarily have to be funny and actually as tiktok and reels have kind of aged up uh-huh 
they've niched out as well. Okay. Where, you know, gearheads are now, you know, I, I know you, you yeah. love re- recording yeah. gear. Yeah. Uh, gearheads are, that's a huge thing on both of these formats now. Uh, and ah. um, I think when people go to TikTok, especially they open it up initially, it's like all duets, people d- doing dances. Like, yeah. I don't care about any of these things but you can refine it quite quickly. And that's the same way with running ads. You don't want to make an ad ah, that is just following the trend. Yes. You want to make an ad that's going to follow your personal interests and, and, and your personal uh, character and personality. Okay. Yeah. And that's actually funny. You say that because I, I, I occasionally will open the app and I get, I just see a bunch of things I have no interest in, but you're right. If you use that very much like how Instagram and the search feature works, if you use it more often and, and, and look at things that you like, like gear, for example, you'll start to see more of that. And the, the type of videos are, are different in those genres you're saying. Yes. In, in those areas, everybody yeah. has a different way of making them. They're usually using editing, editing tools in a similar fashion. Yeah. But, um, there's, there's a lot of different aspects and, and Instagram is moving that way. Like that's why they prioritize yeah. reels. I'm um, even seeing the reels in Facebook now too. prioritize. Yes. So I want to go platform by platform in one second, but I want to go back to something you said. And interestingly, it reminds me of something that you said to me, um, the last time we talked, maybe 10, 15, 30, 40 years later ago. I'm not sure when <laughs> the last time we talked, but I'm getting the impression that, uh, and, and I want to talk about another thing on the agenda tonight is, is touch is goals and how to, t- how to identify whether uh, an ad is converting or not is, is get, we're making our money back. But I'm curious if, if, advertising, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, is just one of many touch points with your fans. And so maybe they see something that doesn't convert them, but your show converts them or uh, you appearing on a Spotify playlist. And we talked about this because I know that you run a, um, a publicity company and how, how that works as well is that it's five blog posts, one tweet, one playlist, and, and, and something else that all will finally be the tipping point or the, or the straw that breaks camel's back. So talk to me about that strategy w- with respect to digital ads. I think that's why we got in and realized this was a fit for the company was uh, over the last, you know, three, four years. Uh, and, and it was before, you know, repetition was always a major component. Right. Um, but it became more, much more and more difficult. You know, when we talked whatever year that was yeah. that people reference that interview all the time, by the way. Do and they I go, really? I have, I have no idea. Uh, I think a, a, they search Adam Bentley Otour Research. Oh, funny. And, oh, that's and funny. It, it, and it comes up because <laughs> I don't do these. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, just for almost me. Almost ever. Just for uh, me. I just do it for you, Scott. <laughs> uh, that's right. We've done like three or, three or four interviews together, haven't we? Um, Good grief. I, I did one other this year, but yeah, I, there's very... I, I rarely... Uh, this has never been my my thing to jump on and, and, and yeah. self-promote uh, You're doing business. Great. But yeah, for now, we'll, we'll see about the end of the interview. Uh, but anyways, what at that point, um, that was a big thing, but there wasn't 60, 70,000 songs being uploaded to Spotify yeah. in, in yeah, 2015, 2016 when we, we yeah. chatted. Yeah. These things were all bubbling and it was clearly important that mm-hmm. people start thinking about streaming yeah. if, if you were an artist, but the, the amount of music that comes out every day is absurd. Now, if I'm doing a PR campaign, people are getting 
hundred, 200, 500,000 songs in their inbox potentially Yeah, uh, yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, so you're now having to hit people up that many more times to actually turn a passive listen into an active, interested, yeah. invested individual. Right. And we saw with the ads in conjunction with whatever the artist was doing, we're doing, you know, the best campaigns are usually the artist is doing is, is very active. They're, they're, they're online making organic posts consistently a variety of posts. They stockpile this, they plan this. We're able to use some of those on the ads. Mm. We're able to filter what ones are working best for the ads to have the lowest cost with the highest engagement. It, it conversions, you know, I know that was a question you were going to, yeah. a conversion is not going to happen very soon in that process. It's about, it's like almost anything else with a uh, musician now, it's awareness. Even if you're on the biggest playlist on Spotify or Apple Music, most of those people don't know who you are, don't That's know right. yep. that they're listening to you um, because it's mostly passive listening. So you need to have all these different touch points uh, for it to be effective. And that's what we started seeing. We were running these, these, you know, project management campaigns. We we're doing PR and we we're digital, di doing digital marketing. And we were advising on social media as well, building on social calendars. And we were seeing steady growth. It wasn't like we were, you know, viral things are great, but th that's, there's a, uh, a, some skill in creating yeah. the right content yeah. for that, but also luck. And, and for us, it's about building stuff that we can start just collecting some people along the way. And hopefully you don't lose the others as, as you're going along, but it's a marathon. It's a, it, it is a marathon race. And so to, it's to still, it, it still is then this compound compounding effect of all of these different things. I think it's more than it ever has been. Yeah. You know, you have these people that go viral that are making the zeitgeist music of now. Mm -hmm. And, but if you're not that you're having to have all of your messaging has to go to so many different places before people even register it. And, um, I think this is digital marketing and doing, you know, whatever advertising you want to do it's about just getting the right messaging out there. And that's why the ads that you're building are so important. So we'll build headlines and we have things like audacious claims mm -hmm. and you know yeah. stuff that's a, a tease or a narrative loop or our question to open it up. But we're very, we're trying to still pull that information out of the artist's voice. So sometimes we've had artists that go in there and then they're just trying to make the most kind of ridiculous thing. You've never heard a band like this before or yeah. some audition and it doesn't fit them. Like right, right. that may work for a band that's all cocky and, and, yeah. and arrogant yeah. in their, their approach. But for most people that's not going to work. And what you're going to get is a lot of people laughing at you and, and telling you you're garbage in your ad and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But if you're, you, you still need to be like a little bit out of your comfort zone usually. So it's, it's your voice, but heightened, or you're not going to get people's attention. Mm. Um, mm. And it's the same way that the ads almost have to not look like ads. Because once they look like ads, people go, oh, I can skip this. But that's if it right. looks like a post, they might hesitate. Do I follow this? <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me. Can you talk me through all of the platforms? So let's go back to, to YouTube. So you've talked about um, what is the goal for an artist on YouTube? 
generally, or what are some of the goals and, and what are some of the ads look like on YouTube? So the ads on YouTube that we're running and, and we're going to start looking into YouTube shorts as well, but okay. I, I, you know, we haven't started doing that, okay. but that is definitely the next front frontier. Yep. Um, we're, we're combing through some information, sure. but right now we're running video ads around music videos, performances, um, usually something that the artist, um, as it's a new release, because you're you you tend to yeah. see the most value there. Um, often a, a big you know big spends and and you can't always get a big spend if you don't have the audience right. Like it, YouTube or Facebook will hold back and go, well, we have to prove this. And, sure, you know the, the, we're not going to go there. But ideally, you can spend as much as you can out of the gate on mm-hmm. YouTube to have that like big impact in the first. 24, 48 hours of release. Okay. Um, you know, though on streaming, on socials, everything right around whenever you make a post, whenever you put something up, that's the best chance for those things to go into cold audiences naturally as well. So if we're able to goose that, then maybe you're getting to other people that we're not even paying for. Um, oh, I see. Algorithmically. Yes. Okay. So, um, so if I'm an artist, I have a YouTube channel or my label has a YouTube channel and the label is showing... Uh, we're doing a live in studio uh, performance and that's a three minute song live in studio. Yep. Or it's a actual music video that we've invested a lot of money into, directed very well. Um, so, so on the week or the day that we release that, you're also running ads to to. Usually, so you run ads ideally right now. Now you can run ads on YouTube later and and Facebook, Instagram. It's not like when we're doing PR where I have a, you know, we have a bunch of releases that came out today and tomorrow. Yeah. I have a clock to yeah. get that information yeah. out. Um, and usually within the first week, week and a half, you can get coverage with an ad. You can keep going to cold audiences for a long time. Sure. So a, a kind of a big spend that happens out of the gate, but then a consistent spend over weeks mm. uh, can work really well. Uh, okay. Too. Okay. Uh, and, um, we're finding we're, we're running some YouTube ads right now that have really low spends, but there, there's all these compounding ways that we're putting them together that they're keeping the cost like super low, like 0.01 cents, I, I kind of, to get a view there. Wow. And, um, and, and usually up to a cent, you, yeah. you know, okay. that, 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 that's, like that's that's the scent is still probably like the goal at the end, right? But you're getting people at less than that. Oh wow! And previous to to this, you were getting two cents to five cents, ten cents. You know, if you weren't doing things really correctly. Now, if the creative isn't very good and the and the video is not very good, you're gonna spend more money. And and I think wow. I think that is really the thing that people have to be very very aware of with all of this is your creatives have to be fantastic. Your live performance has to be, doesn't have to be the most expensive looking thing, but it has to be like the best performance you can give of that song. Yeah. And, and, and in immediate way. Mm. So you're going to get people, especially with the ads we're running now, we're running a lot of 15, 30, 45 minute ads to run on reels and stories. And, and you know, that's where, where you're seeing a lot of connectivity you better get people within a second or two. 
That's very interesting. Yeah. And I can think of some of the ads that um, I've seen that have got me and you're right. Like you have that moment where you're like, am I following this person? Who? How do I know this person? Or this seems you, like I should be following this. Person. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, you know what I like. Um, so what does a conversion look like on YouTube? Like what, what is, is a successful, like what do you, de- how do you deem something to have, have worked? So successful? I think there's the two areas. There's actually converting people into subscribers, Okay. which on YouTube is harder to do than on Instagram and, and yeah. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and getting your, you know, getting real views in there, getting okay. people that have seen the video enough of the way through that it's counting as a view. And then, you know, we're running some campaigns where we have a $500,000 or $1,000 budget and we're going anywhere from 20,000 views to 70,000 views, I that's think. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, can What if the YouTube channel is monetized? Does that, can you actually make money back on, on the videos? No, I don't, no. Not, not while you're running the ad. Yeah. Now, if, if people start going directly into your account. Sure. You, you can, and, and you do see yeah, some- I guess, cause you're uh, the ad. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, then, then it's the cyclical thing. But I think in terms of return on investment with any of this, your uh, like financial return on investment, it, it's a long game. Yeah. Like if, if you start going and, and your messaging changes a week into the ad from, you know, something that's enticing people that's, not even asking yeah. them to, sh- you don't even ask them, follow me on whatever. You don't ask them, yeah. stream my song here. You're you're saying something that's usually connecting the dots, just like you would make a post, an organic post that makes people go, oh, this is interesting. And you're ideally getting those people. Now, the one thing we're doing is we're building pixels mm-hmm. to track oh. that information for the future as well. So we're, those pixels will ho- hopefully help us with conversions and we're building a bunch of lookalike audiences and custom audiences that then can be, that can be built for the future, both making your cost uh, of the campaign lower. Okay. So as long as your creatives, and let's just say your creatives do the same yeah. for the same. Yeah. On Facebook or Instagram, you could go from a traffic campaign, which gets people to a, a page, which maybe is it, I don't know. It could be even 50 cents to get like a real, not not for a, like a video view, because mm-hmm. that's still probably down around the one to four to five cent. Yeah. Uh, but to actually get someone going somewhere and, and, and checking out your music. Yeah. You might, m- most people are like 50 cents you're seeing that are just running basic ads. Often, you know, you can keep getting it if you have good creative and you're setting up a bunch of these backends and you're letting the learning system, the AI learning system, that's the difference. We used to target so specific. You're like a folk artist. We're going to get an Americana kind of Lucinda Williams and Steve Earle and all. Okay, we'll build that up. Now we build these ginormous groups, usually three, four, five, maybe six huge groups, seven, eight, 10 million in each group audiences that mm-hmm. you can target and then you refine in those right. groups a little bit yeah but it's the ai system that's doing a lot of this for you and, and facebook had to get smarter because the privacy laws changed so they couldn't pull as much data as easy right which as a consumer i'm very happy about <laughs> yeah 
Um, but as a person that was starting to kill it in advertising, <laughs> it was it was a blow for us when tw- uh, you know the calendar went from 2020 to 2021. We so basically halfway through 2020, I said this is good. We could do this for other people. Yeah. A few other people started asking us. I didn't even tell anybody. But by the end of the year, we had probably done. I don't know, 40 campaigns wow. and they started go- going really, really well at the end of them. Privacy laws changed at the beginning of 2021. 20, right. First few months, kind of the same. Get in the middle of the year. It's like everything's going up. This is getting like way more difficult. We are going to spend way more time. Because people were then updating we, their OSs slowly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everyone's slowly yeah. updating their OSs. Exactly. Right. And, and and opting out of these, yeah. these things. But by... The fall of last year, we had started refining our process where we were setting things up in a perfect way to take advantage of the this learning AI instead of just relying on us as human beings going, oh, I think they're like this and I think they're like this. So now we know we've already put them in this pocket of Americana and folk mm-hmm. and what, mm-hmm. you know. We've got we've got that pocket there. We know we're going to basically the right people. And it's going to keep finding better people for us. And then uh, those better people, we're going to grab and make custom audiences that are saved for the future. For, when you say for the future, for the future of your client or for the future of your business, like in the sense that Both. when you, okay. So when I come to you and you've worked with a client, you've heard, you hear my music, you've worked with a client that sounds like me, you know, I don't need to waste my time with any of those other groups. I have a group that I can work on. We'll still go usually uh, taking some of the knowledge we have from other campaigns. We can get a baseline that's going to be way above just an average okay. ad baseline. Yeah. But from that baseline, we're not still not going to make too many assumptions about you because it is about refining directly for you. I see. I see. Uh, so we're the, we're going to build new custom audiences and new lookalike audiences for you. That's the starting point of any campaign that has never run ads. You need data to really get to people that are going to eventually become fans. What's a lookalike? Sorry, you said that. A lookalike audience? What does that mean? So a lookalike audience is usually built around taking a pattern of interaction, mm-hmm. a, a large pattern of interaction, usually 1,000 plus, whatever that interaction is, and then taking the people that did that interaction and then you can t- the Facebook can then find out of say those thousand people that watch seventy five percent of your video, they can find a few hundred thousand, maybe a few a few million that uh, are going to be similar to those people. Wow, very cool. That's very cool. I I'm on the exact same page with you because I read that book on uh, from Facebook uh, about about the guy who kind of created the accidentally created the Cambridge Analytica problem and. I mean, I'm on the same page as you. I think it's it's disgusting and everything bad that happens to them, I'm happy about. But at the same time, it's like, well, hold on a second. Wouldn't it be nice to share my music? Because I have, I have very distinct tastes. I mean, if you took my record collection, it's unlike anybody else's record collection, just like everybody's record collection is unlike everybody else's record collection. Yep. And, it's, and it has these weird, whoa, you have that plus that plus that plus that. And it creates this incredible profile of me and it would, it's really nice for a record label or an independent artist to have access to that type of information digitally. Yeah, and, and I think that's why even though I, I, I felt it was a tool in our toolbox that we didn't have that was becoming more and more necessary to get, again, 
I, I say th- this word all, all the time, but cold audiences. And, and that's why TikTok and Reel, Reels are great. Mm-hmm. They're like running ads where you don't have to pay for them right now. Ah. Be- because you're going to cold audiences with them. But that's not going to last forever. Yeah. Just like this ad strategy won't last forever. We're always having an update. Right. This, how quickly things are moving now is absurd. I've, I've done this 13 and a half years. Yeah. There's been more change in the last three than the first 10. Oh, interesting. And it's not just the pandemic. A lot of the trends were already there pre-pandemic. And a lot of it is just a mass problem. There is so much. And and some artists, I think artists that were releasing music in, say, 2015, 2016, 2017, there's a little bit of an advantage there. Right. Because they got ahead of this mass and they were able to position themselves in the new streaming models in a not a secure place, but a, a place where you're going to see some support. Yeah. If you started after that, it's way harder and it's harder every month mm. to get that foundation. Now, ideally, something else comes in and completely flips it. That was what Spotify was for a second. Spotify now is just another cog in the, the music industry that's very much figured out by the majors. They know exactly how, how it works. So while we're waiting for that other thing, you have to build as much repetition if you're an artist trying to build your foundation. So it's kind of like the FOMO technique, which I've always thought of (laughs) when I was doing PR. Like if you can have your artists appearing in all these different places and, and, you know, even if they're from the artist's voice, from your voice, from the, the blog, from the playlister that added you, from the social media posts, People are going to go, I got to check this thing out. I don't want, you know, especially early adopter music fans do not want to miss something, but nobody wants to, you know, there's, especially now just deep diving into the abyss that is hundreds of thousands of songs and Spotify doesn't make it easy also to find new music that way that isn't curated by their algorithm. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Uh yeah, it's, I, you have to do all these other things. I had this thought when we were talking about YouTube and we were talking about conversion and what a, a goal conversion looks like. And and I was just thinking about, and this is to your argument about all of these compounding or these multiple touch points, but if you were to have a, a show, um, uh, go to a concert of a thousand people in the audience, everybody is obviously paid tickets. They're excited to be there to see the band. If everyone were to write down how they discovered that band, there would be... It would be all over the place, right? All I mean, over the place. And yeah. and that to me is what's really interesting because you're talking about this live in studio video or this music video that gets fed to me and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And and there's a, a 1% chance that I or less that I would then qu- quickly search them up on, on Apple Music, add them to my library, listen to that album for a month long, buy the vinyl, and then, you know, two years later, I'm at that show. And it was because of that ad. Um, but you can never know. And you, can, you can't control it. And it could be from that ad. And then someone, you know, is, is on some site and they have that, re- that yeah. artist as one of their top singles of that month in, in their roundup. And you go, oh, yeah, I saw that. That was yeah. a cool video. Or <laughs> like, it's probably going to be more than those two things. Yes. It's probably going to be a bunch of things. And even with the ads... We're trying to have people see the ads multiple times. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. um, okay, that's interesting. And yeah, eventually, and, and that's why we run mo- different versions uh, of a video or or just completely different ads right. at the same time. 
So we'll want a straight camera to camera video where someone goes, hi, I'm, I'm Louie Louie. And my mm -hmm. song is out on Spotify and I'd love you check it out. I made it about this and this and this and this, this other artists are going to be much better than that than me. That's not yeah. my style. Sure, but a lot of them go, Oh, I, I'll make a bunch of these. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. And what, uh, and what platform is that used on normally a story? Uh, so usually stories that is, is used on, but sometimes just direct posts and and, yeah. and kind of real ads. So everything with Instagram and, and you're right now on Facebook as well. Right. Okay. Um, before we go over to Instagram and Facebook, just talk to me about Spotify. Um, is I, I've seen the ads, I've seen the, 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 the voiceover ads that you can submit. I've heard terrible things about them. What, what, what do we, what do we know about Spotify and is there any, uh, um, promise over there? I think if you have something that is doing really well at Spotify already mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you've got something that's going off and is in their algorithm. I see. Okay. That might be the time to invest in Spotify. That's not usually where we tell people to start one. You get no data from it. Uh, and, and, and two, the cost is high compared to the interaction rate. And we're, you don't see too many conversions, even to a follow early on. Now, if you've already, if you got on three or four playlists and you're on discover weekly, mm. you may want to put a little bit of money there. Maybe you stay on discover weekly a little bit longer. I see. I see. Um, because then every conversion is going to be really important because that's your kind of time it's hard to get that timing to work. Yeah, no, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, so then Instagram, I mean, that to me is, is probably one of the more sexier platforms just because I think of like sophisticated, I, I think it's always been, to me, it's always been an artsy platform, you know, with, with, with beautiful photographs and, and stuff. And I think it's obviously, um, decreasing in, in the quality of creative that we're seeing on that platform. But I've always, I've always liked it and I've clicked on things. I've discovered music on Instagram. So how does it work for reels and for posts for, for musicians and for labels? I think Instagram, the creative is getting closer to, to TikTok, the mm -hmm. stuff that is working. Mm -hmm. It is less, um, manicured, yeah. less, maybe in some ways less, you know, skillful in a way, but way more personality and way, way more. Um, it, there's almost like a punk rock thing about it in, yeah. in a way too, where you just throw something up and this is the moment. This is what I'm yeah. feeling this time. And we're noticing that with ads as well. And we want, you know, we, you know, we, we talk to Facebook and Instagram. We're direct marketing partners with them. And we also get TikToks updates now and, mm -hmm. and YouTube's updates. And, what's really interesting about all of them is they're all wanting the same thing and they're wanting a lot of it. So they all want you to be consistent in your content. So even if we're running the ads, but then someone goes to the page and there's nothing going on, hmm. that ad's not going to be very successful converting people. Okay. Interesting. Because people are going to go, well, why should I stay here? Why should right. I hang out at this place? Facebook, maybe not as much just because the average person that's on there isn't expecting the, the kind of consistent yeah. posting. Um, you know, it's almost a way to stay up on the current events of the project. That isn't Instagram anymore. Instagram is this perpetual motion machine where you're four to seven times a week. They're wanting you to make a reel. That's what they're telling wow. artists to do. That's incredible. 
Um, what does a goal conversion look like on Instagram? I think Instagram, like you, you're running uh, ads that both can convert early days, probably where you're building data into people following you. Okay. Uh, as you get more data, you're you're probably directing them to go to other platforms. And okay. then once you have a lot of data and probably a lot of people already engaged, then maybe someone goes out to a show, someone sees you, po- you, you post yeah. about merch. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you can get to that point. But that point is a long way in the future for most emerging artists. I've seen a lot of, I've seen ads of people in in my stories and they're providing a click to their um fan link page or or their you know the with with the multiple dsps listed to yeah, for their your new link single tree or your smart your yeah, whatever yeah. yeah and so is th- is that common that people want yeah we're often going to one of those pages that has a pixel attached to it okay and that's where we're grabbing the information is from people clicking on that oh okay okay so even if they don't necessarily follow you it is still valuable that they click on it you know something yeah and you have to, the setting up the domains and getting the pixel working is a little bit of a, a headache okay. um the, this it's they it keeps getting actually that's not true it was the most difficult it ever was probably midpoint last year they they made some changes it's a little bit easier okay. but you do have to have a website that you can then attach that pixel to to grab most of the information to optimize it to the to the best ability. I see. I see. You don't have to have that. You can use um, some other services to to collect that information. The problem is there that uh, that they go in and out of the domain thing. Sometimes you need the domain. Sometimes you don't need need the domain. Yeah. To be honest, like there's a couple team members, uh, Anna and Kristen on on my team that deal with all that pixel stuff. Okay. And, sure. Uh, it is. Insane. Yeah, no, I I bet. And then that's kind of where hiring a, somebody comes into it. Like if I'm an independent artist and I want to put a little bit of money into Facebook ads, like, I, and I know I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't like a softball for you to pitch your services here, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> I just, um, like it, it would be a mistake, right? For me to put my credit card into Facebook ad manager. I think most of the time, you know, there, there occasionally is, I think because Facebook as a company wants people to use their ads in it and they want to, them to see results. So every every so often, there's like some simple way of running ads yeah. that works really well. So boosted posts on on Instagram, only on mobile though, right? have worked at a higher degree of almost anything else when you're just doing it in the dark. Right ah, now. okay, okay, okay. I don't believe they're working quite as well as they were a few months ago, hmm. we we just tested some of them out and it was like, these costs are insane. We're like, why are these so yeah. low? Um, and it was it was because they were the worst place to run ads for such a long period of time that I'm sure people stopped using them. Is it still true in, in this case on Instagram about the quality of your creative? And I love that you said that because this is so many people are so naive to this and especially creative people are like, what are you talking about? The music's great. We look great in that music video. But it's like, I know as a consumer, I'm clicking on something because it looks amazing. Either the video is shot on a beautiful location, the person is super attractive or a combination of everything or the album artwork or the vinyl thing is put together nicely. I'm clicking on things that are, are beautiful. 
Yeah, or or that personality cuts through sure. instantly. That's true too. That's true too. Yeah. And I think that's actually become number one on my interesting chart, is having somebody's personality cut through uh either with the you know with the caption but also them being on camera or if they're not on camera still showcasing a, a, a whatever portion that music is that shows off the most distilled aspect of that project yeah. within 15 seconds <laughs> which is in insane to think about but yeah that, that i think is really it can really be important. done though i've i've seen it yeah don't necessarily start your ad just at the beginning of the song or or yeah, whatever but right. yeah like the the right clip is going to be important and i think um you know we we talked to facebook a representative at least once a week and for the last this has been really like a pat on the back to my team but the last five months they've been like ah no i wouldn't change anything about the technical aspect like you're setting these up cool. better. Like we're really yeah. great. And that's always felt good. Occasionally they'll come, Oh, we're, we're now trying this thing. Like this is our new way of approaching that. And we try to integrate those, those little tweaks. But what's been interesting is when they have had a, a, a suggestion where it's like, well, why is this at 29 cents mm -hmm. per right. traffic conversion? And usually it's, well, it's probably the creative. Yeah. Okay. So, so the creative is is huge. Yes. If you don't have great creative, don't run an ad. Yeah, and that's you're you're so right. And I've seen people um, run ads on just which is obviously a boosted post, but their most recent Instagram post where the caption wasn't even thought through because yeah. they didn't think it would be an ad, and then they turn it into an ad. And I'm getting I'm being presented this ad, and I just feel so sorry for them that they've been suckered <laughs> into boosting a bad post. Um, if you're going to boost a post, which I, I think there is a strategy around that, that you could, you could come up with, um, you, it better be like the post that is your most engaging post. Yeah. So, okay. What's my most engaging post? You go into your backend metrics. Sure. But also is going to tell people about you and, or, and yeah. you know, want them to dive in further or, right. or want, or have them remember you. If it's just something like, Oh, it was so and so's birthday, <laughs> and everybody liked that post. Yeah, it's probably not going to work. Is, That's is, right. Is a great advertisement. And so on Instagram, if you if you're in a, a story and you can click through to pre-save your album, great. Um, uh, but if if you're just getting followers, well, that isn't necessarily a good thing because I was noticing that two two percent less than two percent of people are seeing my stories. My followers are seeing my stories, so. Uh, having your goal being people follow you maybe isn't a great goal. Yeah. Like I think with that, um, now the, the, the ability to get to those people by running advertisements goes up a, a, a quite a bit, right. but that is the problem with, with yeah. all social media is you have all these followers and no one sees anything that you're doing. Um, the, I, now the better creative you make, the more consistent creative you're, you're, you're putting out there you're going to get to more people yeah. and you're probably going to get to more people by doing combination of real stories and posts. If you're not doing all of those, you're probably going to leave a lot of people be because people are already seeing patterns of preference and they're only seeing those types of, of posts, but it's, it's a hard conundrum because you have to be posting basically always. Yeah. And you have those posts have to still be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they need to be somewhat 
different. And it's interesting. You'll put the thing, say you have a music video, you've clipped out that music video and you're using that in your reels and you're using that in your stories a bit. Well, that's like a good consistent thing to throw out there, but that's probably not going to go viral to a bunch of cold audience. But the second you start posting other things around that, those music video posts do better. And they give the ability of your next post to do better because you're always on there. You're always, you're an active participant in whatever these, these platforms are. Mm. And that's, I think the hardest thing for an artist now uh, to get their head around it. And this was the hardest thing for me after not having put out music in, you know, getting closer to a decade and, and starting last fall You'd think I'd be pretty prepared. Yeah. Within 48 hours, I went, I'm we're, we don't have enough. We don't have enough to keep this going. We're we're not prepared enough. This is so much faster than once I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. And I tell people try to build 80% of your social content before you even go out. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. We talk about that too in a lot of our material is is you know, creating a Dropbox folder of just tons of, you know, photo shoot photos, behind the scenes photos and, and B-sides and, and in-studio shots and just like a massive load of, of assets to, to work with. Yeah, and, and that can just help diversify your, your content. But it, it, again, it's, it's the video stuff. That's what I, I'm yeah. pushing like uh, let me as ask much you- as you can. That's what works for ads and that's what works for posting most of the time. I've heard that. And and that kind of segues into, you know, a question I I know I have and our audience would have and is as you're talking a lot about video, you're talking about personalities cutting through and you're talking about posting all three formats on Instagram every day or multiple times a week. This is something that is um, intimidating for non uh teenagers and for not people who are already doing that, you know, of course yeah. you and I are in our early twenties. So that's not, it's not an issue for not us. Not a problem. For not a problem. Us, but, no. but, uh, you know, but I know there's a lot of people saying, Oh my gosh, I do not want to be one of these people. I'm just going to back out of it. So what do you say to the, the mature audience or the people who are uncomfortable with doing certain things or even appearing on camera? How do you build a campaign for these people? So that was me that yeah. I didn't yeah. want to really, uh, do all the, you know, schmackety schmackety. Here, here I am. Here yeah. I am. Yeah, this yeah. is my music yeah. sort of deal. I, I just, uh, I knew I would, I would be out of that pretty quickly just because of my personality. So I had to think about my personality. Yeah. So we built out a bunch of visualizers, and Jordan and I started making gear videos where we take the song and repurpose it. And that was from me looking at some other artists that I liked and. Oh, okay. well, they're they're a little bit outside of what we're doing, but I bet this will work in here, and this will appeal to uh, the the people that could listen to our music. And that was my suggestion before I I started doing this as well. Go onto these platforms, search what uh, you know artists that you're into. Usually, not the biggest artists. Don't go. Oh, I wonder what Frank Ocean is doing. Good point. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Don't think about Frank Ocean. But, Don't think about Turnstile. Don't to- think about. The Go to the people biggest, who have the same budget as you. Think about people on that level yeah. or maybe one or two steps sure. above you. Yeah. Uh, one or two steps above you, I think is perfect. But go in there and see who's active. Find some, you know, find a dozen people that are active. Follow those people and, and watch them for a month. Mm. And that stuff will start to seep in. And I bet a lot of that you'll be interested in because 
like-minded people often are have have some similar interests. Probably not everything you're going to like that they're doing. Some of them will probably do some of the "Hey, look at me" uh, yeah. sort of posts, but not all of them will. And they're still reaching their fan base. And I think it's it's looking at evergreen content. You know, for you, for instance, you could be clipping out all of those studio videos you made mm-hmm, and making mm-hmm. them into a series it's like thinking about your 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 social platforms as te- a television station <laughs> right you're running a television station now and you need programming yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and to not overwhelm yourself you got to do stuff that's going to work in the in the the flow of what you like right because if not You'll stop. One, people aren't going to be interested in yeah. what you're doing because they're going to see through it. Yeah. If you're not being authentic, it's it's over. Yeah. Um, and and two, you're you're gonna be done in a few weeks. Right. You'll 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 give up because you won't see the results. The hardest thing I think about this is knowing that just by doing it over and over and over again and and still somewhat playing by the rules of these platforms, you'll eventually have the things that will connect. But a lot won't. I started getting um, Instagram story ads less recently, more so a year ago, two years ago, that were advertising a playlist, not an official playlist, but somebody's own personal curated playlist. I don't know who was sending me these ads, but I thought it was a, a good idea, an interesting idea to, and it was in, it was the graphic designing of it was beautiful and it was a type of music that I would be interested in. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I clicked on it and I may have even followed it. But um, I thought that was an interesting idea if you're a record label to create um, a playlist in your subgenre that does has none of your branding on it, advertise that and then sneak your artists in there. Uh, Totally. That's, you know, I think there is a strategy with some user generated playlisters that, uh, you know, some of them have become managers as well. Uh, But a lot of user generated playlisters have built those audiences up on Spotify by running digital ads. Mm. Um, I think in the last, say, three or four or five years, after the initial like, wow, look <laughs> at Spotify's here and they don't really have enough playlists yeah. to support everybody. And a lot of user-generated playlisters from 2014 and 2015 are still some of the bigger ones on there. Yeah, uh, I think the newer ones, a lot of them have been built through ads, for sure. Right, yeah, because I don't think you're getting the organic discover uh, discoverability that you used to get. No, you, I used to see playlisters when I was first on Spotify and first kind of paying attention in 2015 that weren't Spotify playlists Yeah, that I wasn't following, that had nothing to do with me. Right. Um, and that's <laughs> not the case anymore. Um, what is the, we've talked about a lot of different platforms here. What is the number one platform to, to run ads on the thing that you're most excited about or you're seeing the best? Return. I think using Facebook's backend is still the best bet for long-term conversions because you're pulling the most. uh, And when I'm saying Facebook's backend, that's running. Usually you're running them on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook, you can pull a lot of data early on. And it's it's usually quite accurate to to then run cheaper ads on Instagram as well. Um, But I think the best part about that is, is you're collecting data and that that data for now is not going anywhere. And as long as you're running ads, probably within six months of one another, those those audiences are still going to be quite strong. The further away from the time you built the, the data, 
they're probably going to atrophy mm. um, and and not be at that low cost as targeted to the people that might become your big fans. Uh, but I've also been really uh, you know excited about some of the stuff we've been doing on YouTube. The, in the YouTube was an easy way to boost plays. Um, you know, we got that right out of the gate. Now we're seeing, you know, subscribers and subscribers on YouTube tend to keep checking things out. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, so that's, it's harder to get them to subscribe. That's why people that subscribe keep checking things out because they're yeah. a little bit more choosy. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 our cost has plummeted in the last few months from some new new techniques and you know i i think i think that's a viable option i think right now tiktok tiktok's algorithm's almost too good to run ads on oh just just do it organic for now yeah i, I think for now that's the way we're not seeing the great conversions their ads are better than they were a mm -hmm. year ago mm -hmm. in terms of getting people and like any of these companies they need to make more and more money so i'm sure they'll can continue to get better probably at the harm of what made that platform great. Um, Do artists ever use Twitter for for ads? I don't. I don't think there's really a benefit that I've seen. I, I've, yeah. you know, we've we've done a few deep dives into that, but yeah. I haven't seen no, I, I anybody have success. And and going back to Facebook, I often, you know, I would think Facebook, the traditional platform, the uh, on your desktop. Um, I would think that would be really good because I would think it's a mature audience. So depending on your genre and depending, but if you're selling a nice vinyl package and you have a, a genre that isn't too out there for the 30 plus 40 plus crowd on Facebook, I would think that that would be a pretty good market. It is. Uh, that's what you get conversions the fastest on Facebook to yeah. any of the platforms. Yeah. And it's it's not really even close. It might be like wow. three times as fast. Wow. Um, maybe even maybe even higher. Uh, it, it's 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 a much more forgiving platform in general. Mm. Um, in terms of like people seeing an ad, knowing it's an ad and going, I'll still check this out and interact with it. <laughs> yeah, that's old uh, people. <laughs> on the, yeah, on the other platforms, you kind of have to, uh, you have to be smart about making things not look like an ad uh, and, and not interacting like an ad. That's a big thing. I think once you have people interacting with you, you have to, you know, if you're running an ad, you got to jump in there. You've already... You're already showing yourself to the world. You can't be mysterious. So is there, um, like, I know I was reading through some of your material and, 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 and you're talking numbers, you know, $500 or whatever uh, uh, in ad buys. Is there a way to do it cheap or are you, are you kind of a go all in type of thing? Or, or can people say, I'm going to try out $50. I'm going to try out a hundred dollars. I think you can do that. It's less successful than it once was. I think if you're okay. running ads in 2020 on Facebook and Instagram, $50, $100, you'd see a lot of success. Uh, YouTube, you might, you know, if you're running it well, you can get things to interact fairly quickly um, with low spends. We've been noticing low spends just don't build you data that you're sure. going to be able to pull for the future. We like to have a $500 minimum the first time we're running a campaign yeah. over there. Cause then we're all, we're guaranteed we're, unless your creative is, is awful. And we probably will stop you from running those ads, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Unless, 
you know, there, there's been a couple of cases where people are like, no, I think this is great. And, you know, yeah, it's their, their brand, not Bless my them. brand. Um, uh, so I want to ask you about this data for a second here. Um, I've got a candidate running for president. No, I'm joking. But I, <laughs> I, um, I'm curious, like when somebody, uh, hires you to run a campaign, um, however they, uh, quantify whether it was their ROI is I don't care. But when you talk about data, is there some sort of like Excel sheet or PDF that you give your clients at the end of the campaign? Like, is this anything data that they can take home with them? So we'll hand the, and we've done this before. So after the first campaign is done, we, we send a, a one sheet breaking mm-hmm. down the price, breaking down the audiences as much as we get used to get more information. You get a little bit less now. Um, but there's still, there's some good stuff in there and, and the costs, you know, levels can change depending on what we are running, where we are running it. Right. Um, and we'll also, you know, we'll list all of the audiences we were able to build. We then transfer as, as long as they're interested in that. Sometimes they're like, I don't, I, you're, I'm just going to have you guys keep running this. Don't, don't transfer. Like there's no point. Right. Um, but often uh, we transfer those over and then they can run ads with those lookalike audiences, those custom audiences and instantly get better results. Now you still have all the red flags about if you're not going to the right countries, you're not limiting your age groups or mm. you're not building on top of those lookalike audiences because your numbers aren't high enough. And maybe you don't realize that there's ways to lose money for nothing real quick. Right. running ads. Even when you're running ads the most optimal way, you're 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 about, you know, you're you're dancing on the fence between two yards and you know, it's an old one of those picket fence with the points. <laughs> if if you fall, uh you fall hard. Yeah, and, sure. And, and you lose something. Yeah. Gosh, I mean this has been so interesting. I, I won't take any more of your time. I I I I find it really interesting. I know um, for our listeners, we've only scratched the surface really uh, of this topic as, as you really should. I mean, we don't have um, six months to, to really dive in, but I find it interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like anything um, it's interesting. And I know just anecdotally, I, I see mid-sized labels who will have a record coming out and I'll start to see ads yeah. for it. And so people are doing this and the labels we admire, they're, they're doing it and, and, uh, and it is working for them. I mean, I remember talking with, uh, polyvinyl, I think it was on the podcast, so I, I don't mind saying it, but I, I think he was talking to me about just the power of their Facebook ads because they had such a, you know, a huge following that they would come out with a new release and, and Facebook played a huge role in what they did from a marketing standpoint, which kind of surprised me. I think often, even if someone's a fan, they need to yes. <laughs> they they need to be approached in a lot of different yeah. ways to get them on you know really on board with whatever you're doing. And, oh, totally. Um, yeah, for me to you know uh, to expand uh, the company in this way, uh, there's a reason for that. Like, yeah. I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't even going to tell people we were doing this. And I didn't Mm. until, unless somebody asked me, I wasn't really telling people until probably the fall and then really only in the last four or five months. Yeah. Um, Because I just wanted to make sure we had a really great plan around this. Once I realized, oh, this is a good thing. 
I want to make sure that this runs in an efficient way, the same way we we run our PR campaigns, where there's a million touch points to make sure we're getting the best results. And we have enough back and knowledge. Like we've done, I don't know, we're probably close to 200 and some odd of these campaigns now. Hmm. And that has given us a really great uh, knowledge about the various things that can, can work. Um, and it worked from day one. It just doesn't work the same way because it, it, I'll go back to creatives. Having great creatives is the most important part of us running ads for anybody. And in a way that's got to include the music as well. Yes. It's visual aesthetic. It's music. And, 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 you know, it's, it's overall narrative. So you're yeah. trying, and, and that can work as, as personality and brand. They can be the same now. Yeah. If you don't have all three of those things humming, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. There was a, uh, album campaign by a new artist and I really, I, I thought, or not a new artist, a, a, an older artist. And I started seeing ads for it and, and, and stuff and, uh, wasn't crazy. I, didn't like the album, but just the aesthetic and the visuals, like they were obviously recording in a, in a studio and it was shot in black and white and, the, and it was a studio full of great looking gear. And it was, um, you know, somewhere, somewhere exotic. And it was just like, you just, you know, it reminds me very much of like Abercrombie ads or, or, or the gap ads where it's a bunch of beautiful people in a beautiful location wearing beautiful clothes. And you want to be a part of that. And yeah. it's, like almost like I know that's icky, but it's like almost like that's what advertising is. It's like <laughs> showing a vibe, you know? It, yeah, uh, I and I think there's there's a common ground for for most people here, and and we've seen, you know, I, I think it was a year ago, or actually it was probably a year and a half ago, I started telling our older audience, you might want to check out TikTok, and they'd be like, whoa, whoa yeah, I'm not going to get on TikTok. <laughs> And some of them did, and some of them, you know, have, have built something there. Mm. Um, and it, you realize usually whatever the new technology is that seems like it's just for young people, it's going to be for everyone if it sticks around long enough. And you want to be on whatever that new thing is. Why Instagram was so great after Facebook is it was the new thing and, the, and, and it was adopting new strategies like it, it is kind of playing catch up now. Now it's surprising. It, it, it moves so hard to play catch up, uh, almost blowing up what it is all about. Yeah. They, they've even said, we're not a image app anymore. We're a video app. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and uh, I think, un unfortunately, as a musician, you have to think about these things. If you want people to hear what you're, you're doing these days, I definitely have, you know, even though this is my day-to-day -day job and I find all of the kind of, you know, the problem solving to get to people really interesting and enjoyable and engaging day-to-day. -day. But when I step back and think about, well, how much does this have to do with music? That's <laughs> the worrying part. So I think as a musician, you have to feel like, okay, maybe you have lots of interests. Maybe you love fashion. You love, you know, making weird dances and whatever that is. Hey, you can do all of these things, but maybe you don't. Yeah. So what are the things that are adjacent to the music you're making that maybe also fits in? Yeah. That isn't just saying, hey, I've got a new song out. Because also that's boring. 
<laughs> you know, that's really smart because I think, and, and I think everybody would be blessed to find out what that is because then you can start to like passionately build um, a, a community around something that is, like you said, adjacent to the music. And that's really yeah. something that a lot of us are, are looking for. And, and it doesn't have, if, if you fake it, it won't work like we talked about. You know, everyone says it's world building or universe building. It's not world building or universe building. You're building a UHF channel, like I said. Mm -hmm. You're just building some quirky mm -hmm. thing in the corner, in the little corner yeah. of your world. Yeah. And it's a little corner of your world yeah. that you can then present out to everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think that's a good that's good advice for our labels to hear to to kind of communicate back to their artists is that you it doesn't have to be about showing off your six pack which I I do all the time obviously as I should I know it's uh, it, it's it's I'm doing it right one now dimensional one dimensional <laughs> I, I gotta say but uh, but it, you know whatever is whatever is the artist thing if it's Pokemon if it's recording in the studio if it's their you know, obsession with football, whatever it is, um, yeah. that that could be a really great way. And and you look at us as consumers, the people, the quote unquote, you know, YouTubers or celebrities that we follow uh, are so niche. They're so niche, niche, niche. Um, and and yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I think you just build up those niches. Thank you so much for doing this. Our audience is going to love it and uh, and they'll have all the information to to reach out to you. But this has been, thank you for, for sharing everything you've learned so far um, with our audience. Really appreciate it. I, thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, you know, I'm sure now I'm going to get references to this and I'm going to go, I, I said that. I, I don't said know. That, that. <laughs> that that's not relevant anymore. But uh, right. that's I, true. I'm, I'm ready for it. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Adam for being on the show. What a great guest. And I hope that you've found this helpful. I hope that we've scratched the surface about digital advertising and that you've gotten a little bit of an understanding and maybe it's a little less intimidating, a little less mysterious than it once was. And maybe you're like me and you're thinking, oh, I actually think I could dive into this. I think I could put a little bit of an investment into it. Or you're also like me on the other side of my brain and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just going to leave this for now. I'm going to focus on other things and maybe I'll come to it at a different stage. And so I don't know where you fall. I don't know if you have any other questions when it comes to digital advertising. If you do, reach out to Adam. He's a great dude and his team there at Autier Research. And you can find out more about them by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. Thanks for listening.